Our gospel text this morning is from the 8th chapter of John, starting with the 31st verse. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Be still and know that I am God. I think that this is the hardest command that God gives us. Because if you think about it, how often are we really still? No iPod, no phone, no video games, no homework, no worries or thoughts about tomorrow. How often do we obey this command to be still and know the one that we claim to worship? I know that even for myself in this building, it's a hard thing to do. I move throughout the week from meeting to meeting, trying to plan for the weeks ahead. There's always youth club and kids club. Confirmation is starting up. As pastors, we make visits. We plan for Bible studies. In the office, there's the organizing of emails and taking phone calls and all the paperwork that goes to keep this church running. And eventually we begin to feel the stress and the weight of that work. And eventually it becomes just that. Work. We forget God's command. We forget to be still and just know the amazing God that we started working for in the first place. But it's not just in the church that it happens, right? You know, I see the youth on Monday nights and sometimes on Wednesdays and Some of them can hardly hold their eyes open. They're so tired. They're running from place to place all day long, and God becomes just one more thing that they have to fit in to a hectic and busy life. Parents and grandparents, I know that it's hard for you too. It's not just about the kids. Because you have to drive them to all of those things, right? You have to take them everywhere in their hectic life. You drive them to hockey, to soccer, to basketball, to rugby, to music events, to school and back. And for those of you who are older, there are other things to worry about, right? Retirement, planning trips, tending perhaps to your grown children or to your spouse. You might even still have your own job. And of course, for all of us, a social life is quite important. Well, the psalmist tells us today that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. But is this true for you? Is God a refuge? Or is God one more thing that you have to fit into your world? How do we go from just fitting God in to following his command with a joyful and an attentive heart? What prevents us from making God first? And from following this command to be still. 
You know, I saw a great saying the other day. It was, if God is in the passenger seat, pull over and switch sides. It's God whom we're supposed to be listening to and for. It's Jesus who is supposed to lead us and not just fit in wherever it's convenient. But it's not just that letting go and letting God. It's not just that part that's hard. It isn't just that we're busy or that we forget about God because it's much more than that. It's deeper. It's more ingrained. It's fear. A fear so deep within us that we cannot give up the reins of our lives. A fear that becomes sinful and twisted, forcing us to move further and further away from God. And finally, we get to the point where the fear and the worry, the sin, and all of life is just way too much. So we resonate with the psalmist when he talks about the earth changing, the mountains shaking in the hearts of the sea, the waters of our lives that roar and foam until the simple day-to-day things drown us. Be still and know that I am God. You hear it? We hear the call, but you might be thinking, I cannot be calm. I am worried. I cannot be still, nor do I feel the strength of the Lord, because I feel small and alone and scared. And this fear lays heavily upon me. Fear for my family, fear for the world, fear for our church, for my neighbors, and maybe for those I don't even know. Because we live in a world of fear and doubt and chaos. We are lost and alone. And we don't know how to give up control. Be still and know that I am God. The command comes again, persistent in our hearts, slowly, slowly, breaking through that fear and resistance, breaking through the hectic pace of life. And we hear it over and over. We want, we desire deeply to relinquish that control. We want Jesus to take control of our lives. And as we pray that, as we hear it, as we live it, slowly, slowly, we begin to let go. Have you ever had to hold someone as they fought and raged and cried against you? Someone who was so completely out of control that they weren't even aware of what was around them. I used to work in a daycare with children who came mostly from really rough homes. I had one little boy who I think was absolutely the cutest kid I have ever seen in my life. He had a smile that reached from ear to ear. And the light of life shone in his eyes. But you know, things at home, not always good for him. He had no boundaries in his life. His mom let him do whatever he wanted, and he was always looking for ways then to be in control, to be in charge, to set up those boundaries for himself. And because of that, he was in the midst of chaos and completely out of control. He didn't understand rules and sharing. He hit and he kicked. And in the 33 days that he was enrolled in daycare, before we had to kick him out, 
I had to fill out an incident report 30 of those days because he had bit someone, a two-year-old. A little two-year-old boy, so lost, so mucked down in the chaos of life. And you know what? That's not the end of it, because on top of it, on top of it, this boy had asthma. Asthma so bad that he needed to have a nebulizer every day. Vapors that he would breathe that would open his airways and clear his lungs. So talk about fear. Because that little boy knew nothing but chaos and fear, and he struggled to take breaths against his closing airways. And in spite of knowing that it helped, in spite of feeling happier and more upbeat when he took his medicine, he fought tooth and nail to keep that mask off his face. He would run and kick and punch and bite, and I would have to sit on those stairs and physically restrain him with my one arm. I would pin his arms down to his side, and with my other hand, I would take the mask and I would hold it over his face so that he could breathe those vapors that would help him. And as we sat there, I would start to talk to him. I would sing and try to calm him. I would whisper to him to be still. And slowly but surely, over the course of his treatments, he would calm down. You could feel him relax as his muscles loosened and his movements lessened. And he began to breathe deeply the healing medicine. And once in a while, every so often, he would go so still that he would fall asleep in my arms, completely trusting, completely calm, and completely still. We, we are so much like that two-year-old. When it comes to God, we know that his word is what's best for us. We know that it's his voice that's the only thing that safely guides us. And yet we fight and we kick and we scream and we shut him out. We pencil him in when necessary or when we think it works to the best of our advantage because we're afraid to give that control over to him. We don't like to worry. I don't like to worry. And yet it's almost like we need that worry to feel secure. And so we struggle against the Father's word. We struggle against the Son, our Savior. And we struggle against the Spirit who moves among us. We compartmentalize church and God and making something that only takes place in, these, in this building. But you know what? Christ, Christ didn't die in a building. He died on a cross, situated on a hill, overlooking a city that at that time of year was full past its capacity for a major holiday. Christ died for the world in the world. And it's the same world that we're called into. But before we enter it, we need to be prepared. We need to know who is in charge of our lives. And so today, in your struggle, in my struggle, I would like you to listen to Solace sing. 
I want you to hear the words of this hymn that they're going to sing for us, and I want you to feel the need for control seep out of you. Just like I held that little boy, Jesus holds on to each and every one of us. He tells us over and over that he loves us. He sings to us and whispers comfort in our ears. And he wants nothing more than to be our refuge, to be our tower, to be our strength. So listen and feel the fight go out of you. And after they sing, don't clap, don't applaud. I would invite you to just close your eyes. Take some moments of silence to be still and to focus on your relationship with God. Be still, my soul. The Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best I have. Yeah.
be still and know that I am God. May you know this command not just as law, but as grace, the grace that allows you to let go, the grace that allows you to turn over your worry and fear and control to the only one who really is in control. And as that happens, may the peace and grace of God wash over you and lift you up that you might know fully the love in that simple command to be still. Amen.